Sunbeam and Zephyr by J. Randolph Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sunbeam and Zephyr, Chapter One. They named him Zephyr because he was like the wind that rustles the leaves bends over the lily bells and makes the tall pines sing zephyr was a prince among the fairies he was strong and big for a fairy nearly two inches tall although he was young he had done great deeds once with his sharp sword he had slain a grasshopper at another time he had driven a whole kingdom of ants from an anthill and zephyr was so clever that all the fairies would sit still and listen when he began to talk oh the funny stories he could tell even the grave old men like the prime minister would hold their sides and laugh zephyr loved sunbeam because she had pink cheeks like the sweet arbutus eyes blue as the sky and hair as yellow as the golden sunshine she was so small that she could lie down in the petal of a rose and often went to sleep curled up for the night in a honeysuckle blossom all the fairies loved her too because she was so kind and good she was their queen and they obeyed her these fairies lived in the woods and seldom went outside so sunbeam although a queen had never been beyond the long shadow where the sun goes down at night before twilight all the fairies went to bed they liked best to sleep in the morning glories for they made such nice beds and they shut up so tightly at just the right time for little fairies to go to sleep then the morning glories would open when the sun came up and would tumble the sleepy little fairies out on the grass and just laugh to see the little sleepy heads rub the dew out of their eyes and try to be wide awake once ever so long before sunbeam had had a dreadful experience her two uncles sunflower and hollyhock had warned her that she must go to bed early but one day she thought that since she was queen she wouldn't let even her prime ministers tell her what to do so she stayed up very late it was almost half-past six hollyhock and sunflower were very much worried and kept saying please run and get inside that wild rose and go to sleep sunbeam but sunbeam wouldn't because she was a very willful little fairy then trixie sunbeam's dearest little friend and one of her ladies-in-waiting said oh how funny you look sunbeam sunbeam said i don't look funny at all just the same she ran to the fountain for the fountain was her favorite mirror and looked into it and such a sight instead of a rosy-cheeked chubby little fairy all she could see was a pale thin little fairy so pale and so thin that she wouldn't have known herself if it hadn't been for the dent in her chin where a dimple had always been oh but sunbeam was frightened run quick sunbeam said hollyhock you're growing thinner every minute sunbeam looked and she could see that she was growing thinner so she ran and ran as fast as ever she could and jumped right into the wild rose 
and hid her dear little eyes in the soft pink petal and fell fast asleep when she woke she ran and looked in the fountain again the very first thing and you can be sure she was glad to find that she looked like herself once more but after that sunbeam never tried to stay up late chapter two zephyr loved sunbeam and wanted to marry her but she longed to see the world and told him he must wait until she had made a trip around it zephyr coaxed and begged her to stay at home but nothing he could say would change her mind for she was determined to take the journey so she called the servants and ordered them to harness two of her largest handsomest and swiftest bumblebees to her rose-leaf carriage then dressed in a lovely yellow gown made of butterflies feathers she stepped into her carriage waved her hand and with a loud buzzing noise away flew her black and yellow team the fairies watched her straining their eyes till she disappeared over the tree-tops and then they all cried and felt so badly that they nearly wept their eyes out oh what will become of our beautiful sunbeam they cried will she ever come back to us i will go after her said zephyr bring me my swift hornet so he mounted his black steed and with a fierce buzzing the hornet darted off he soon overtook sunbeam for his hornet could fly much faster than her bumblebees and he was almost up to her rose-leaf carriage when she drove her tired bumblebees into a lovely red clover field she had never seen red clover before as they do not grow in the forest and the sight was a great treat to her as well as to the tired and hungry bumblebees she unfastened them from the carriage to let them eat all the honey they wanted and they just ate and ate until they tumbled off the clover blossoms to the ground they were so full now what shall i do cried sunbeam i can't get my bumblebees to go and she tugged at them and coaxed and scolded but it was no use they were fast asleep poor sunbeam sat down on a clover leaf and felt so tired and sorry that she cried until she too fell asleep chapter three when zephyr alighted from his black hornet he found sunbeam asleep on the clover leaf and not having the heart to awaken her he bent over her and kissed her cheek and then went round to the opposite side of the clover blossom where he would be entirely hidden when she opened her eyes just then a dewdrop that hung directly over sunbeam's head was shaken and it fell right on her face and so nearly drowned her that she awoke with a start to find herself alone zephyr kept as quiet as he could for some time but his poor little sunbeam was crying so hard that he finally came out of his hiding-place and said my dear sunbeam i'm here to take you home at first she was so glad to see him that she almost fell off the clover-leaf right on the bumblebees but zephyr caught her in his arms please can't you wake up my bumblebees she sobbed i will try said zephyr but you do not need them for you can ride behind me on the hornet no no i must go on my journey she said and seeing her determined to have her own way he tried to wake the drowsy bumblebees he shook them and pounded them with the long grass and grew all out of breath shouting at them but they would not open their eyes 
he sat down to rest himself and as he was wondering what he could do next he too fell asleep by and by the bees awoke of their own accord so sunbeam harnessed them and started off again for she knew that zephyr would ride his favourite hornet after her before she could get far away soon she saw a beautiful wide field and guided her bumblebees into it this field was also all clover only it was white clover it stretched away off ever so far till sunbeam could not see the end of it the air was sweet with perfume so that she entirely forgot the unhappy time in the red clover suddenly the bees started so swiftly that she became frightened and in spite of all her efforts to stop them they flew faster and faster until she could see nothing but a dim white mass all around her then with a thump they struck a hard board fence and fell to the ground and poor little sunbeam was thrown from her rose-leaf carriage and nearly stunned by the fall when she could open her eyes she saw that the poor bumblebees were dead and then she knew that her journey was at an end and that perhaps she could never get home again chapter four while sunbeam was sitting among the white clover sobbing as though her heart would break she heard a strange noise it was different from any noise she had ever heard before it grew louder and louder and poor little sunbeam became very much frightened just as fast as she could she climbed up the slippery stem of a white clover and tiptoed across the top of the blossom and looked and what do you think she saw something big and white coming towards her sometimes it would come straight towards her and then it would fall down and all the clover would be crumbled then sunbeam heard a big voice say come baby dear baby thought sunbeam that is not a baby that is a giant more than a hundred hundred times as big as a fairy sunbeam was so frightened that she climbed down from the clover blossom and ran as fast as she could then she fell down and tore her pretty yellow dress on a blade of grass that made her cry again for it was her prettiest dress all made of butterflies wings poor sunbeam thought oh if zephyr would only come and she began to call zephyr zephyr luckily zephyr was not very far away and when he heard her call it was not very long before he discovered her and placed her behind him on the hornet together they flew swiftly over the fields and rivers till they reached their own woods the fairies were so happy over sunbeam's return that they sang and danced and began to prepare a great banquet on the largest oak leaf they could find chapter five first however they all formed into line and with twelve lovely little fairy maidens leading the way went to jack in the pulpit who married zephyr and sunbeam sunbeam had on a sweet little dress made of daisy petals and zephyr had the cunningest black velvet suit made from a bumblebee's coat after the wedding they marched back to where the dinner was spread on the oak leaf after dinner the fairies called so loudly for a speech from zephyr that at last he climbed up on a chestnut and began to speak what he said was very funny and a red squirrel came out from a tree overhead to see why the fairies were laughing so hard and so merrily 
the little red squirrel was very glad to have a chance to see the fairies for usually when they heard him coming they always hid but now zephyr's speech was so funny that they didn't hear the red squirrel at all the red squirrel thought oh i wish the fairies would invite me to their party he saw one little fairy next to sunbeam who had lovely velvety eyes and he thought she was the dearest little thing he had ever seen it was trixie sunbeam's dearest friend the naughtiest most mischievous little fairy in the world sunbeam adored trixie because trixie could think of so many funny things to do when the red squirrel saw trixie he thought he simply must go to the party he began to laugh and chatter too and ran out on a limb directly over their heads so he could listen better to the speech here he got to laughing so heartily that he lost his balance and fell right off the limb which frightened the fairies so much that they ran and hid away under the leaves the little red squirrel cannot find them now and neither can you nor i End of Sunbeam and Zephyr by J. Randolph Brown